What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we got a couple things to talk about today. First of all, I want to, you know, pay tribute to Al Kaline, Hall of Famer Al Kaline. He's fondly known as Mr. Tiger. He passed away yesterday at the age of 85. He had a career that spanned 67 years with the only major league team he knew. I mean, that obviously includes both as a player and then even afterwards, he stuck around with the organization. And you know he was even a, a broadcaster with them up until 2002. I mean, this is a guy who was drafted out of high school as an 18-year-old, and he didn't play a single day in the minor leagues. He was playing in the major leagues a week later, June 25th, 1953, right after his high school graduation. And then he embarked on a tremendous career, 22 years uh, playing, and that included 18 All-Star selections, 10 Gold Gloves in the outfield, a batting title at the age of 20, a World Series title in 1968, 3,007 career hits, uh, first Battle Hall of Famer, got his number six retired by the organization. I mean, he, Al Kaline was one of the greatest hitters of all time. I mean, no player, not even Ty Cobb, has played more games or hit more home runs in the Tigers uniform than Al Kaline. He's the only player other than Cobb to lead the franchise in a cumulative offensive category. So he's arguably the greatest Tiger of all time. I mean, he finished with 399 career home runs. Had he hit one more, you know, he would have been on a list that includes only 10 players in big league history with 3,000 hits and 400 bombs. But, you know, he won that batting title in 1955, just as, as a young 20-year-old. And he became the youngest batting champion in league history. Actually, just one day younger than Ty Cobb when Ty Cobb did it. But, uh, you know, like I said, he he had a 67-year career with the Tigers. Started with his, his playing career, where he played for 22 years. And then, you know, he continued with his duties as special assistant to the general manager. And then even as a as a broadcaster and TV analyst. And, um, you know, that was in, in 1974 when he joined the TV booth. Did that until, you know, I think it was 2002. And then, uh, you know, he accepted a role in the club's front office, which was up until up until now when he just passed away. You know, he was a special assistant. But Al Kaline was, you know, Mr. Tiger. So baseball lost, you know, uh, a legend yesterday. Uh, you know, he was described as a gentle, gentle person with a passion for baseball and uh, his dedication to Detroit was unparalleled. So I don't, I don't mean to say this in like in a sad way. I kind of want to say it to kind of celebrate the life of Al Kaline, that he had such a great career and such a lasting impact on everyone. I mean, all these former Tigers and current Tigers are talking about him. Obviously, Justin Verlander has something to say that he was just a very kind and generous man. Uh, you know, James McCann, Matthew Boyd, Daniel Norris, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, you know, 85 years old, he he leaves. I mean, he's survived by his his wife of 65 years. Their two sons, four grandchildren, and one great grandchild. So he leaves behind a legacy that might never be matched in Detroit. He'll be missed, but never forgotten. So I want to also touch on a huge development that came out last night regarding. Major League Baseball's return to play. There are some specific, some very specific plans in place, proposals that 
could have us seeing baseball as early as May, as early as next May or next month. And that is going to involve staging at least part of the 2020 season in Arizona. So the concept is that because you have so many you know, spring training facilities in the greater Phoenix area, including one major league facility being the Diamondbacks home park of Chase Field, that they would be, you have that one big league ballpark and then 10 spring training parks. You could be able to have all teams located in the Phoenix area and you could start the season there. Start or at least part of the season. I mean, no one really knows how long it would need to last, but that is the proposal at this point in time. And if you did this, then you'd be able to play, you know, as many games as possible because you have, you know, you have 10 ballparks. They're talking about using Chase Field. I mean, Scott Boris, for some reason, Scott Boris has been quoted in like every story in this as if he's like part of the decision makers. He's just an agent, but obviously he's the most prominent agent in baseball. But Scott Boris is saying that they could do three games a day in Chase Field. Uh, you know, the, the issue here is that well, there are a lot of issues, but one issue here is that Arizona, Phoenix specifically, is extremely hot in the summer. So, you know, you know, if you're playing in Chase Field, they have a retractable roof. That's not an issue, but you're playing on those spring training backfields, you know, playing in the middle of the afternoon on a 115 degree day in July is probably not, uh, you know, going to be a great idea. So what you could do is let's say you have like a triple header, you know, you go morning, afternoon, evening in Chase Field, and then they play nighttime games in, you know, in the in the spring training complex. I don't really know, but you have 11 fields. So you could have, you, know, you could have what, like 13 games a day. I'm, I'm guessing you know one game at each of the 10 spring training ballparks and then three at Chase Field. That's a lot. And you can get in a lot of games that way. And then obviously this plan would, um, you know, this would involve no fans is what they're saying. It would be played in empty stadiums, no fans in order to, you know, you know, stick to those CDC guidelines. And they're also talking about having enough testing on hand, but there are, you know, obviously concerns that is Major League Baseball going to be taking tests away from the general public. But right now the belief is that there should be some readily available tests coming in May at least according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj, as some may know him better, that will be available with a quick turnaround time. And sources familiar with the plan believe that will happen by early May and allow MLB's testing not to diminish access for the general public. So it's a new kind of test with a, with a faster turnaround time. There are going to be more tests available. And obviously, Major League Baseball would put themselves second in line to you know the, the healthcare workers and people on the front lines and things like that. But that is a... There, there was a story, um, you know, put out by Jeff Passan last night detailing this, you know, MLB and players, I am may return in Arizona. Honestly, I'm saying this out of excitement, obviously, because I would I would absolutely love for this to happen. I mean, I, I want baseball back. I'm not going to lie. I, I would be so thrilled if that were the case. But, you know, we have to take safety into account, safety first. So the way it would be would be that players would have to – probably agree to a, a situation where they're not going to see their families for four and a half months at least. You know, that's that's going to be an issue. There have been some, some reports, at least Buster only said, there have been some players who privately have balked at the idea of not being able to see their families. I mean, that's that's an issue. But then 
obviously if you don't pay you don't get if you don't play you don't get paid you got to play if you want to get your money so that's a trade-off that some players are going to have to face obviously this isn't going to go through unless the players association signs off on it but it seems like everyone's on the same page so far so i mean i mean if we're looking at may when baseball comes back and they do uh let's say mid-may they do a two or three week training camp or spring training then you could have opening day by the end of the month or beginning of june let's say like june 1st opening day that would be oh man you get me excited <laughs> that'd be crazy and baseball could be you know the first major sport back back on track at least in the united states so if you haven't checked it out, check out the ESPN article, but I basically just gave you the whole Cliff Notes version of it. Um, they're also saying that while the possibility of a player or staff member testing positive for COVID-19 exists, even in such a secured setting, officials do not believe that a positive test alone would necessarily be the cause to quarantine an entire team or shut down the season. The plan could include teams carrying significantly expanded rosters to account for the possibility of players testing positive even though they're being isolated. So, I mean, you're definitely going to see expanded rosters, um, probably because, I mean, we might see, you know, a condensed schedule where they're playing so many games in fewer days. And obviously with the Heat in Phoenix where that could be problematic and you need guys getting rest and things like that, you don't want to get want them getting worn out. So you'll give them more days off. So expanded rosters like that could help. They're also talking about, a few other things. I mean, they're talking about seven-inning doubleheaders. They're talking about regular use of on-field microphones by players, which would be an added bonus for TV viewers. I mean, I know that's been a big hit whenever they do that, whenever they've done that in you know all-star games and spring training. Um, they're also talking about implementing, maybe implementing an electronic strike zone to allow the umpire to maintain sufficient distance from the catcher and the batter. No mound visits from the catcher or pitching coach. Honestly, it just sounds like Rob Manfred throwing out all all his ideas that he's been trying to get going he's just kind of like throwing them all on the table now because oh this is finally a chance for us to implement the electronic strike zone or or reduce mountain visits i don't know but those are just some possibilities that have been discussed although they weren't in the talks yesterday but according to sources this is what espn told us so each option is far from certain but at least it's going to be discussed around in the coming days and we're going to find out more soon I think this is exciting. This is a pretty exciting development because it actually gives us some very specific details as to what could happen. So a lot still needs to be hammered out. Obviously, the um, the money discussed is, is also going to be an issue because local TV contracts are generally what bring in a, the bulk of the money for a team and also gate revenues and things like that for some teams. So they're going to have to shake up the, the revenue sharing among the 30 teams because you know there's some teams that really rely on gate revenues that aren't going to get that this year if they go go ahead with this plan they're going to have to kind of divvy out the tv money from like national tv and things like that a little differently so i mean i i just i just want to see baseball i would be excited if we had baseball coming here in in a month or so or or less than two months or whatever so we shall see that's going to do it for today. I just kind of had to get that all out for you guys. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.